Welcome to the first episode of the Scalezilla podcast, uh, where we help businesses scale their content and their business and make more money. Uh, my name is Brad. I've got um, my co-founder and co-host here, Nicholas. Um, he's Hi. kind of <laughs> he's kind mm-hmm. of the content brain uh, behind the whole operation. Um, so if you're working with us, you'll likely be working with Nicholas in some capacity. Um, he's the content lead and strategist. Um, how many years of experience do you have writing? About 15 years now. That's a that's a long time. What's your specialty, Ben? Um, I've kind of moved industries a couple of times. I actually, weirdly, I started with a music magazine many, many years ago, but sort of from um, the professional side of things, um, I've worked in training and development and HR um, mainly, but I've also worked with software, telecommunications, banking, insurance, that kind of thing. Right. And those are the kind of businesses we help uh, typically. A lot of software, tech, um, HR, e-learning too. You you have a, quite a bit of experience with like e-learning companies, Very right? Much, um, I mean, that, before I got into writing, I was uh, head of training for a major telco. So I've got quite a lot of experience with e-learning and learning in general. Yeah. And that's another big thing that, um, and we'll get into some um, tips uh, for your business here in a moment, but that's a big thing that we can offer is like developing training materials and um, like guides and resources for businesses, which is really, I mean, that's kind of what separates businesses now is like that sort of content, right? Would you yes. say? Uh, and we can also do things like user documentation, um, which is a, a huge deal for some businesses, getting user manuals together in, in a way that's consistent so that it supports the brand rather than detracts from them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, cool. Well, yeah, that's just a little bit of um, about Nicholas. Um, as far as my background, I have yeah about 10 years of, of sales and marketing experience, again, working with similar industries. Um, but enough about us. We want to help because uh, you'll learn about us more, you know, as we put out episodes. But I wanted to ask some questions about Nicholas, just as our kind of uh, first episode here. Um, what are some of the like things that you've seen with businesses, like between businesses that that are focusing on content and and that are not? Like, what are the big differences there in in your view? Like ones that decide to focus on content versus ones that don't like, what are some of the things that you notice between those businesses in terms of like results that they see um, like with their marketing and sales? Uh, Cause we're really ROI focused, you know? So I'm just kind of curious on your view, like how it helps businesses when they do focus on content um, just like generally in your experience. Absolutely. Well, I think businesses that don't focus on content can succeed. They can thrive but you're talking about a very high cost of customer acquisition to do so. So you might be running Facebook ads or LinkedIn ads or any other kind of advertising. And generally speaking, that's quite expensive over time. Um, Those businesses that tend to focus on content, it takes a little longer to be running. So you probably want to mirror it with another style of campaign to start with. But once you're sort of six months, nine months down the road, you start to see traffic on a consistent basis. So even if you stopped tomorrow, you're going to get, continue acquiring customers from the content that you've put out over the previous month. Um, and over time, it means that your cost of customer acquisition drops substantially. 
it also helps in terms of building credibility because the more content you have, the more the customer can see, well, you know what you're doing. Um, whereas the, con the guy who's building his business off of Facebook marketing has to somehow find a way of making himself more credible. Um, whereas you don't have that much effort to put in to make yourself credible when you have plenty of content to show for yourself. Interesting. Um, well, there's a couple of things there that I wanted to maybe dive a little bit deeper on. So one thing is like cost of um, uh, customer acquisition, which is a huge, I mean, that's like one of the top business expenses for a lot of businesses. Um, it's like the one thing that you look at. So like investing in content can lower that. Um, and it's something that, can be, um, it's a long-term solution. Uh, one thing too that you said is it's not like, it's not like content is like the the silver bullet for sales and marketing. It's in uh, conjunction with with other um, uh, activity you're doing, right? Precisely. You're probably going to find that you change the blend of your sales and marketing over time. So you might start ad heavy with a light amount of content being generated every month. But as the content starts to pull through more and more, you're going to expand your content and cut down on your ads um, because that's going to work out cheapest for you in the long run. Um, it's much, much more sensible to use a blended camp blended approach anyway. Even if you get sort of six months, a year down the line, all of a sudden you've got a flood of content, flood of leads coming in from your content on your website, your customer acquisition costs drop, you still should be doing other forms of marketing. Because there's always that possibility that Google wakes up one morning and switches off your traffic. Um, and that's always going to be true in any kind of advertising. Yeah, Facebook can pull the plug on your campaigns. You should always have more than one iron in the fire. But over time, generally we find that businesses will put sort of three quarters of their budget into content because it's so reliable and the cost per acquisition, cost per customer acquisition is so much lower. Mm. Interesting. So with that said, if you're a business owner and it, it, this applies across any industry or size of business or type of business, um, and we can get into like more specific industries um, later or in other episodes, but just in a general sense, like if you were, I'm going to pose two scenarios. Like the first one is a business who hasn't really focused on content very much. Where would they start? Um, if you, it, and then the second part of it and, uh, would be like, if, if a business has tried content and it hasn't worked before, you know, what would you suggest? So like the first one is, yeah, like if you're a business and you haven't really, maybe you have a couple blog posts and you haven't really seen the value of it, like where would you start or where would you recommend they start? You have to have a proper content strategy. It's no good just going okay. out and firing out blog posts here and there. Um, one of the big problems with that strategy is that it used to work really well. 20 years ago, when the internet was first starting, you could just throw up content and it would rank. Um, but now you need, firstly, to build what they call content silos, where you bring a whole host of related content to the internet. And you do that because it enables Google to go, aha, I understand what your website is about. And then you can grow from there. So it might be that, say, you have eight software products that you sell. You might want to focus on literally one industry vertical, and one product to start with, building out content around that, and then slowly adding on more as you start to see the results come through. And in order for results to come through, you need to focus both on the on-page search engine optimization, but also off-page. You need to go and build links to that content, and you need to make yourself available to 
reporters, etc., so that they will build links for you too. Okay. Interesting. So you, you advise for a business that maybe has tried it a little bit or is just getting started to really focus in on one core aspect of their business, whether it's like a certain product, like in this case, like a software company, they have a specific um, industry or vertical they're targeting with a specific product, really dial that in and then expand from there. Um, and then also sup- supplement it with um, supplement that content with um, off page stuff like link, link building and um, getting out there in the press, et cetera. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Um, now with a business that has done this and they are doing this, um, let's say they've, you know, they're, they're hit, they're, you know, they're hitting this aspect. Well, what, where, where could, you know, other content come into play? Like what are other things that they can do to add value and uh, get a good return on investment? Once you're starting to see traffic flow, then there's obviously the, the need to build link magnets. Um, and in the background, you want to start your email list, start harvesting those emails of visitors to your site and start marketing directly to them. Because if there's anything that's cheaper than actual content marketing on search engines, it's content mar- marketing direct to customers or potential customers that have already displayed an interest. Okay. So this is where it gets into more um, you know, marketing to uh, your your current list or starting to build a list um, is kind of like the next step in, in a content strategy. Okay, interesting. Um, now, those are good tips, I think, just to start. One thing that I've talked, because I've talked to a lot of people over the years, um, one thing that they've expressed, and even um, one person I've spoken to recently expressed, expressed this, and I was curious to hear your thoughts, is they have worked with uh, people like agencies like ourselves um, in writing content, but they felt like the um, agencies or the writers or the content producers that they worked with didn't have a really good sense of their business. Um, it was difficult for them to, you know, nail their voice or nail like the technical aspects of what they do. Like, what's your advice there? And like, how, like, how would you say we do things different in that regard? Initially, there has to be quite a bit of hand-in-glove working with the client themselves. You want the writer to be calling, interviewing you on certain topics, getting your thoughts, establishing your voice and your understanding of your industry. Because even if the writer is a complete expert in the field, they won't see your business in the way that you see your business. So there needs to be some hand-holding at the start. There needs to be some actual involvement where... Yeah, maybe an hour a week where they phone up, they have a long, detailed conversation with you about your content needs, about how you would want to express certain topics. Then they go away, they build the content, and there's a feedback process which allows rapid evolution to reach that voice, that understanding, without sort of years and years and years of experience within the business. Okay. So there, the expectation is there has to be a little bit of... Um engagement with, uh, as a client, you have to be open to having brief interviews, let's say, you know, an hour or so every week or every other week, depending on the frequency, um, uh, to be able to let us know, um, or even let whoever you're working with know exactly like what your focus is, what your goals are, what do you want to communicate and how, 
So getting all that, and that's part of our process is like this, this strategy component. Um, And we're very open to spend that time. Like that's a big part of what we do is, you know, our service is very white glove in that way. Um, We spend a lot of time with our clients. uh, We get to know them. Like our, our goal is to have a long-term relationship um, with, with our clients. So, you know, we don't just want to put out generic stuff. We want to really get to know, you know, what your value proposition is, what you're trying to communicate. If there's technical aspects, you know, getting to know that. And we do that through interview, um, style, um, you know, whether that's on the phone or, you know, by email and getting all that kind of information. Precisely. Uh, and of course, also the, their actual voice. Um, it's not so important if the blog is sort of fairly generic and aimed at sort of customers that are only spending sort of 10, $15 a month. But by the time you get up to customers who are paying sort of $2,000, $5,000, $10,000 for a service, up to you know, millions of dollars for a service, you definitely want the voice of the executive team coming through in the posts that you, you're creating. It's not enough just to dump content out there. The content has to have an identity that reflects the brand itself. Right. And would you say that's a strong suit of ours? Uh, and as, as yourself, as like the, you know, the uh, director of content here at ScaleZilla, like what's your experience been with being able to like nail the voice with clients? Like, is there an example that kind of comes to mind? Uh, I've worked with a co- uh, sort of very high level coach in Canada once um, uh, on a pro- project which sort of resulted in a book after sort of 48 posts. And we were spending possibly two hours in conversation over each post that was being put out in his name because it had to feel like him. Um, Now, that doesn't mean he was writing the posts. It does mean he was explaining very deeply his subject expertise so that I could translate that into writing for him. Um, And there, there definitely comes a point where you need quite a lot of input to, cre- to recreate and maintain a voice. Right. Um, but in the other cases, it's really simple. You, you have your first half hour conversation, you nail the voice, the clients just, that's perfect. That's exactly where we want it to stay. Um, and then maybe you check in once every three months um, for an hour just to say, yeah, how, how's it going? Do you feel that this is still reflect, f- reflecting your voice? And as long as there are no problems, you can keep moving really quickly. Right. Yeah. So there's kind of a spectrum here. I mean, at the top end of the spectrum, you know, when Nicholas has worked with uh, clients where, you know, producing, you know, around 50, you know, in-depth pieces and turning it into a book, um, there's, you know, by necessity, there's going to be a lot more conversations. And then on the other end of the spectrum, there's, you know, clients that we work with that, you know, we have the kind of initial onboarding, we get to know the voice and we can kind of take that as a, a starting point and start to generate content around that um, and check in, of course, you know, and if there needs to be changes or, you know, a change of direction um, in the strategy or, or, or the voice um, or the type of content we're doing, that's perfectly fine. But, you know, we're able to do a lot with a little there. Um, but then, you know, there's clients that want to go full in um, and we, you know, we do have experience in writing books for clients. Um, that's where, um, you know, more in-depth conversations come into play. Exactly. Very much so. Like every service should be tailored to the needs of the client. And 
a lot depends on the target market, the experience we have within that market, and the client's voice. Sometimes the client's voice almost perfectly matches the writer's voice. There's not much work to be done. And sometimes it needs a bit of, bit of work to get there. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, that's, that's a, I think, a pretty good um, you know, overview of, of what we do. Um, I'm kind of curious, like, as you've worked with clients, um, and, you know, with all that, all that we've said so far, um, what are, what are like challenges you've seen in, in this whole process that you've, you've kind of seen? And Cause this isn't always, you know, it's not always a piece of cake, like that sometimes challenges kind of come oh. up. Yeah. I'm just kind of curious on, on your view, like, what are some of the things that, like that you've kind of encountered and how you were able to kind of resolve them? I think the most important thing to do is to measure from the start, to have metrics in place, to be looking at the performance against those metrics. And while it won't be immediate because content is not an instant process, there is a point sort of three or four months down the line you can review and say, okay, maybe just maybe the silo we've picked is one that Google is not going to give up love to uh, somebody who's just starting out with content. Maybe we need to just transform that silo into a slightly different silo and then come back a bit later when there's a bit more authority on the site. Um, but it's actually quite easy to recover these things as long as you're watching for them in the first place. You can't have a, well, content slow, and it is slow. It, you know, the, depending on the Google ranking process, it can take up to a year to start delivering the results that you want to see out of it. Um, but you should be able to see that it's moving towards that across the time. And if it's not, you should be taking remedial action and, and moving things around to ensure that the client gets the results that they want. Yeah. So it's kind of two parts of that. Like one is, well, I mean, the, the big part is measuring from the start, which I think is, you know, a good best practice. And that's something that, you know, we highly encourage with people. Um, and I think you were kind of referring to like the SEO aspect in terms of like traffic that's being generated, right? Yes. Yeah. But then there's another part of it too, which is like content on the site, especially if it's like informative and the idea is to, you know, convert customers or educate them or bring them along the sales cycle. If it's like a, you know, a, a service that needs that, um, the content also is able to work even with current existing traffic that the client has, right? Absolutely, yes. Um, yeah. Some of it's going to be educational. Some of it's going to be sales focused. Um, the educational content should build sort of brand rapport, if you like, and should see people signing up for the list saying, hi, uh, I've seen what you've got. I'm really interested. Please send me more content. But once you get to sales content, of course, you should be looking for conversions. Um, and conversions will come from existing traffic as much as they should come from new traffic. Right, right. So, um, yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, um, tell you what, I think this was a good first episode. Were there other kind of thoughts you wanted to communicate to whoever is listening at this point <laughs> uh, <laughs> that you, you have? I, uh, yeah. I think from my point of view, it's always about having a real discussion. Um, clients are not one size fits all. Here's a solution off the shelf kind of thing. Um, if they want to talk to us and engage with us, I'd be happy to have conversations with them in addition to yourself um, to ensure that they get the service they need for the results that they want. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Why? Well, yeah, I agree with that 100%. Um, 
Well, yeah, this was a good an initial episode. Yeah, we we're we're doing this podcast. Like, I think the the goal I have with this um, is to um, number one lay out like what we do and how we help address common things that businesses face that that we encounter when we're working with clients um, in regards to content um, and the strategy, um, but also um, being able to you know add value and and give good advice and tips and tricks and you know, along the way um, to specific businesses. So uh, the next time you hear from us, we'll have, um, you know, a more specific episode on, you know, valuable ways that you can, uh, you know, improve your business with content and scale. So um, yeah, but I think this was a a good, uh, just kind of first introductory episode and um, yeah, tune in next time. Indeed. Take care. Thank you guys. All right. Take care.